If you have your Bibles, go with me this morning to the book of Genesis. While you're going there, I also want to uh, remind you to uh, pray for uh, Tina and Mike being, uh, and they had a horrific tragedy this past week. So let's pray that God will just reach out his hand and comfort them. Genesis 49 and 20. Let's read together. Out of Asher, his bread shall be fat, and he shall yield royal dainties. Let's pray together. Father, we just ask you to have your way today. Lord, we come before you asking you, God, to let us decrease so you can increase. Show yourself strong through our weakness, and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to speak to you for just a little while today on the blessings of Asher. Would you say that with me? The blessings of Asher. How many of you have ever had a word spoken over you uh, or a blessing spoken over you? In the Bible, you have to understand that these blessings that were spoken it was more than just someone's words. It was almost like an inheritance being declared over you, that this is what's going to happen. So the passage that we just read was, at, was actually Jacob's blessing over Asher. And Jacob declares over Asher, out of Asher, in other words, from his seed, from his lineage, his bread shall be fat, and he shall yield royal dainties. One translation said it this way, Asher's land will produce rich food. He will provide food fit for a king. When you, it's, it's interesting because then when you get to Deuteronomy, Jacob was declaring a blessing over the children of Israel or his children before he passed. And then in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses does something similar. He begins to declare a blessing over the tribes now that have multiplied. Jacob is speaking directly to his sons. Moses is speaking to the heirs of Jacob's sons. Asher himself is no longer living. Moses is declaring a word over Asher's inheritance, over his line, over his descendants. And so here is Moses' word over Asher. This is Deuteronomy 33, 24 to 25. Moses said this about the tribe of Asher. May Asher be blessed above other sons, and may he be esteemed by his brothers. May he bathe his feet in olive oil. May the bolts of your gates be of iron and bronze. May you be secure all your days. I thought about that, and I thought about those blessings, and it seemed such a powerful word. He said, may he bathe his feet, not in Crisco oil, not in margarine, but in olive oil. Everybody say olive. What was significant about the olive? The olive tree 
was a type and shadow of Israel itself as a nation. Olive was used in the apothecary. It, it, was, it was specific. It, it was a oil that had been set aside for anointing. So when I began to look at this, I thought, man, there's something special about that blessing. And I thought about, well, is there any way that that could be tied to us? I mean, you know, I thought about Israel and his sons and, and, and the spiritual implication. And I, I thought, is there a way? I mean, how many of you wouldn't want to yield royal dainties? No, no, that's good. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking everybody needed to sleep a little bit longer this morning. But to yield royal dainties, to, to be able to have their bread fat, to be able to have, bathe their feet in olive oil. I mean, when you read those things and you read about the security, you know, behind bronze and iron and you thought, God, is there... Is there a way that that might be connected to me? So it, it got me to thinking, and I thought, I wonder if there's anything that connects us with Asher. Everybody say the Asher man. We, who wouldn't want to be the Asher man, you know, to inherit some of that stuff? And as I begin to look at it, I, I, I discovered, and I need to do this because I'm, I'm going to go back to Asher in a minute. But first, I need to show you how we are connected to Asher. I discovered it in the fifth chapter of Matthew. Stay with me here, okay? Matthew 5, 1 and 2. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying... All right, are you ready? You got the picture? Everybody's seated. He, they're getting ready to hear from him, and he opens his mouth, and these are the first words out of his mouth. The first word out of his mouth is blessed. Blessed. Everybody say it with me. Blessed. That, there's the connection. So what are, you, what are you talking about? That one word, that one word shows us the connection with Asher. What you may not be aware of is that Asher's name in Hebrew means happy. Everybody say it with me, happy. The word blessed in Greek means happy. Everybody say it, happy. So I go through and there's a whole list of happies here. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, don't worry. Be happy. How many of you like to be happy? But what, now watch what happens. Stay with me here for just a second. Watch what happens. Because he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I thought about that, and I thought, poor in spirit. But then all of a sudden I thought, okay, wait a minute. What if we read it this way? Asher is the man who is poor in spirit. Everybody say Asher. Okay, let's read it this way. Happy is the man who is poor in spirit. It said, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let's take a little bit closer look at this because when you think poor in spirit, man, that sounds pitiful, doesn't it? But let's, let me expound it a little bit. I'm going to do this with just a few of these, and then I'm going to get back to the inheritance of Asher. Are you ready? Now watch this, or the blessing of Asher. So he's saying, happy is the man 
who is poor in spirit, those devoid of spiritual arrogance. This is what poor in spirit's talking about. Those devoid of spiritual arrogance, those who regard themselves as insignificant, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven both now and forever. When there is less of us, there's always more of him. <laughs> Come on and hear what I'm saying today. You're going to be happy when you get less of you and more of him. How many of you have ever eaten something and you turned around and looked at your wife and you said, you know, you could have used a little bit less. This could have stood to have a little, not so much salt in it, a little less salt. Or how many, I told you about me being a chef, right? I was in the eighth grade. I was a chef. I went to chef's class. Don't laugh at me. I was in chef's class and I, 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 I was a chef. We made a spaghetti dinner put real basil leaves in it, had, had everything set up. Man, I, I was in charge of the coconut cream pie, and I'm telling you, it looked fabulous. It looked, I don't mean to brag, but I am bragging. It was the, 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 the meringue was good. I whipped the dickens out of that egg white, and the meringue was good in it, and I couldn't even tell you how to do it now because of what happened to me. It kind of had a bad impact on me. I, I had everything set up. We would eat dinner, and then came my part of the dinner, dessert. And I laid that coconut cream pie out there, and you could hear the oohs and the ahs. I might be embellishing this a little bit. You, 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 the, the, so all of a sudden, I, I cut that pie. Man, I picked that slice up, laid it out there. And when they bit into it, well, honestly, when I bit into it, I went, I was looking for a place to spit. I thought, I, what's going on? And I went back and I looked at the recipe and it called for an eighth of a teaspoon of salt. All I did was mess up the, the salt level and turned it into like a half of a teaspoon of salt. And you wouldn't, I'm telling you, salt's powerful stuff. Stay with me now. Say it with me. Salt is powerful stuff. Let me just jump ahead here for a second because Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. What's he saying? He's saying you're powerful, not pitiful. Don't walk around like you've lost your best. Do you hear what I'm saying? He has made us to be powerful. Poor in spirit, both now and forever, when there is less of us and there's more of him. And because we're powerful, he said, you're the salt of the earth, right? Amen. So because we're powerful, we got to be careful. Because we get a little bit too much of us in something. <laughs> How many of you have ever had a little bit too much of you involved in something? Raise your hand if you've ever had a little too much. You know what I'm talking about. Just a little too much of your opinion, a little too much of your attitude. These are the be attitudes, not your attitudes. <laughs> What's he saying? He's saying, this is how I want you to be. This is the be attitude. This isn't about your attitude. He said, I want to change you. I want to give you something that will change you. And if you let me do that, you're going to be happy. Everybody say happy. Amen. Happy is the man. Now, I'm, I'm just going to skip through a few of these here. Look at verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Everybody say the Asher man. Happy is he who mourns over their sins and repent. 
For they will be comforted, refreshed by God's grace when the burden of sin is lifted. Blessed are they that mourn for... How many of you have ever been really sorry over something? You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about really... I'm not talking about like, you know, when we were kids at home. We were kids at home, man. My brother was a lot bigger than I was. He's going to be with the Lord now. He's a lot bigger than I was. And man, Paul was always a soft-spoken person. And one day he's talking about, you need to go clean your room. And I thought, man, who do you think you are? And so I, I told him off a little bit. I said, man, I said, get out of my face. I ain't got to listen to you. Man, he jumped on me like ugly on an ape. I mean, he, he grabbed a hold of me. He's, I, I'm telling you, he's a lot bigger than I was. And he grabbed me and yanked me up. And I thought, man, the only thing I did, I just... I hit him as quick as I could because, and then he let go and he started to cry. And mom came, what are you talking about old for? He's about to let me have it, man. And mom came in and mom said, Rick, you apologize to your brother. I said, what? You want me to apologize? And he was fixing to whip me. You apologize to him. Blessed are those that mourn. I'm sorry. Your face ran into my fist. No, I didn't say I said, I'm so, I said, I'm, I'm sorry. And he looks at me and he goes, well, just forget it. And I thought, how many of you have ever been in a situation like that where you were trying to apologize and the apology was not accepted? But when it's true mourning, when you're really sorry, when I realized what he had done for me, I didn't know. When I realized what he had done for me, it caused true mourning. I began to ask him to forgive me. Turn away from how I used to be. And he said, when that happens, he said, you're going, blessed are those that mourn because you're going to what? You're going to be comforted. He's going to refresh you with his grace and lift God's burden off of you. Look at verse 6. Everybody say the Asher blessing. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Let's look at it through Asher's eyes, through, through that lens. Happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who actively seek right standing with God, for they will be joyful completely satisfied by God's goodness. Everybody say, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. How many of you have ever been hungry or thirsty and ate the wrong thing? Any of you? What happened? You, you're not happy about that, are you? That meal didn't make you happy at all. Man, you get a hold of something and get food poisoning. Any of you ever have food poisoning before? That's not a happy experience. We ever, we ever, now stay with me here for a second because blessed are they that hunger and thirst for, exactly, thank you, if the right thing. How many of you ever got filled with the wrong thing? How many of you ever had somebody come tiptoeing through your tulips and all of a sudden what they started sharing with you was they, it was like poison and it was, you know, and their words were, they weren't building you up or they weren't building anyone up around you, but all of a sudden they started to speak death over someone or a situation. And you're thinking, how many of you have ever had an ache in your body? And somebody come up and look at you and say, oh man, that could be a tumor or something. What? 
Don't, don't speak that stuff over me. But what if it is? I'm not receiving that. Do you hear what I'm saying? Unless you've got a PhD. I mean, not a PhD. What, what do they have to have, Nate? Unless, unless, I, unless you've had me in an x-ray machine and looked at the insides of me, don't be speaking something like that over the top of me because there is negativity that fills this word. How many of you ever turned on the news and got happy? No, man, you get depressed and you get everything else because the report coming out of there doesn't make you happy. Somebody say, I want to be filled with happiness. Verse 7, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Everybody say, happy are the compassionate, for they will receive compassion and be sheltered by God's promises and be content. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being full of care for others, you'll find yourselves being cared for by God. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the peacemakers, this verse 9, for they shall be called sons of God. What's he saying? Happy are those that walk with a spiritual calm, life filled with joy in God's favor. They are makers and maintainers of peace. They express his character and will be called the sons of God. Everybody say the sons of God. Okay, now I got to hurry. Having, are, are you with me? Have I made the case? Asher is the man that, that, that there's a connection between us. Asher's name means happy. Blessed means happy. So God is declaring to us there is a blessing of Asher that can fall upon your life. So let's take a look at some of the spiritual connections between us and the blessing of Asher. Look at it again, Genesis 49 and 20. It says, out of Asher. In other words, this will be the inheritance of his descendants. How many of you know that we've been made a joint heir with Christ? Oh, come on. Somebody say, I got something coming to me, man. I've got, I, I'm not out here hopeless and helpless. I've been made a joint heir with Christ. He said, his bread shall be fat. Everybody say, fat is where it's at. Do you know? We say, what's that got to do with us? Their bread. Do you know that Jesus said, I am the bread of life, that that is our bread, and the bread of Christ is not scarce, it's not dried up, it's not wasting away. He's full, fresh, and fat. The Bible, the, our bread is able to sustain us. Somebody say it can sustain us. Listen to Psalms 36 and 8. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. And again, in, uh, in Psalms 92, 13 and 14. In those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. If you're over 39, shout, Yes! If you're over 49, shout yes. If you're over 59, shout yes. If you're over 69, shout it's none of your business. <laughs> they shall be fat and flourishing. Look at the next line in this verse. He shall yield royal dainties to give out what he possesses to others. What are royal dainties? The scripture describes it in one translation as food fit for a king. So we're, we're supposed to do the same thing. 
Our lives should yield royal dainties, food fit for a king. How do we do that? Look at what Paul tells us in Colossians 1 and 27. He says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, I can't bring anything out of me that's not in me, right? Christ in you, the hope of glory. So if Christ is in us, then we have food fit for a king inside of us. What is that food? You have to look at John 1 in the chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. What's he saying? He said, you speak the Word because the Word is full of grace and truth. Turn around and look at your neighbor and say, give me a Word. I'm not talking about just something you thought up in your head. Give me a Word that's declared by God. Let me stand on the Word of God. When I'm sick, give me a Word. When I'm depressed, give me a Word. When I'm Fearful, give me a word because this word causes the devils to fear and tremble. We're not alone. We're not lost. We have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We have fat bread. We yield royal dainties. We've been called to be salt and light. So it's time for us to let the light shine and let the salt flavor. Somebody say, Yes, Lord. That which our soul gives out is no ordinary food. It's dainties, precious food. How many of you ladies like chocolate? <laughs> Bill raised his hand. I said, how many of you ladies like chocolate? He said, buddy, that, that crosses all lines. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female in Christ, right? Love, love chocolate, right? How many of you like chocolate? Everybody likes chocolate. Now, how many of you know that all chocolate is not equal? <laughs> I've had some chocolate that I spit out. It was that stuff they said supposed to be good for you. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? That's, I, I, I'm like, no I wonder it's supposed to be good for me. It tastes like castor oil. You know, it, I mean, it was just bitter. But, man, I've had some chocolate. Man, if when you put it in your mouth, it just, I've seen my wife, my wife loves chocolate. And I've seen her take some chocolate and put it in her mouth and go, oh, oh. I'm thinking, what are you doing? Oh, this is good. Yeah, it's a royal dainty. When people encounter us, they ought to walk away from our presence going, oh, it was so good to talk to them. I feel so much better now. How many of you have ever walked out of somebody's presence and felt like you need to go jump in the shower? Because they were using you as a trash can, dumping all their garbage on you and thought, good night, man. And you just, but he said, look, we are supposed to yield royal dainties, precious food. Can I tell you that what God has put in us, it has the stamp of approval of the king of kings. It is food fit for a king when we speak his word. Amen. Moses said this 
Okay, now let's go back to what Moses said about the tribe of Asher. He said, may he bathe his feet in olive oil. Now, how many of you ladies use uh, an oil on your face? Right, you know what I'm talking about, like a, you know, hold, hold your hand up if you use, you know, some, how many of you guys use one? I've ta- thought about it. I thought, man, it makes my wife look like that. <laughs> well, this morning, I heard Debbie in the other room, and she goes, oh, no. I thought, what's going on? I found out later. She was getting ready. How many of you have ever used coconut oil? You know what I mean? And so, you know, coconut solidifies, and so she was getting ready to, she was going to get a little bit out, but she noticed that it had melted, but it had, it had sealed over, and there was just a little hole and a little bit of oil coming out. So she thought, well, I'm going to pour just a little bit of this on my hand, and, and so I can rub this in my eyes for this morning. So, if, and, and so she, when she turned it over, the, the whole top of it came off. The, the, it, it was just a thin casing. It wasn't solid. It was just a thin casing. She turned it over, and that whole jar of liquid uh, coconut oil fell in the, her hand and all over the floor. She goes, oh, no! I walked in the room, and she's down smearing her face all over the floor. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. She wasn't. It's precious stuff. You don't want to lose that, right? No, she wasn't doing that. But she, she had to clean it up. But what, what's she doing? The application, taking time to apply the oil. He said, may his feet be bathed in olive oil. The olive oil represented the anointing. When they anointed the high priest, when the apothecary, and it said it run down Aaron's beard to the hem of his garment. Do you know that he didn't wash that off? That he wore that off. When you get in his presence, you don't want to leave. That's why you hang around and you linger because it does something to you. It, it, it's something that, that rests on you and you don't want to walk away from it. Hebrews 1 and 9 says, you love justice and hate evil. Therefore, O oh God, your God has anointed you pouring out the oil of what? The oil of joy on you more than on anyone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some of y'all need to get anointed. <laughs> the oil of joy on you more than on anyone else. When we walk through town, they ought to see a smile on our face, a, a song in our heart, and a skip in our step. Oh, why? Because I've been anointed. Uh, well, but you don't understand what's going on. He said, it doesn't matter what's going on. You understand what I'm talking about? He's God. He's bigger than our problems. He's bigger than our circumstance. He's bigger than our turmoil. And he said, I have anointed you with joy. Somebody say joy. Bathe your feet in it. Walk in it. You, know, you want to know what? You're going to draw a lot more people towards you if they see a smile on your face. Go, hey, man, how you doing? God is good. And then to see you going, oh, I mean, it's a lousy day. <laughs> You're laughing about it, man. I've met folks who are supposed to be Christian people. Act like that. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, it's a wonderful day in the neighborhood. And I'm not talking about Mr. Rogers' neighborhood either. It's a wonderful day in our neighborhood. Somebody say yes. He says, may the bolts of your gates be of iron and bronze. 
may you be secure all your days. What's he saying? He's describing something that is not able to be breached. The bolts of your gates, iron and bronze. He's he's, he's describing a a place of safety and security. (laughs) Listen to, is that ours? Oh, yeah. Look at Romans 8, starting with verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who who, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? I want you to get this. He didn't say that you wouldn't face those things. He said those things cannot separate you. He said what you got is so powerful that no matter whether nakedness or peril or sword comes in after you, there is a gate of iron that's been built on your behalf to make sure that it cannot destroy you. For he declares, for I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What's he saying? he's saying you live behind a secure wall Christ goes before you greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world turn around look at your neighbor and say I'm getting happy already (laughs) if we want to be an Asher man if we want to be a happy man we need to fill up with Jesus because we've been made a joint heir with Christ would you stand with me yield royal dainties how many of you know you can't yield royal dainties if you're eating spiritual bologna you want to hear some spiritual bologna well if you're where you need to be with God you won't ever face anything. (laughs) You want to explain then why Jesus is hanging on a cross? He was right where he needed to be with God. Well, you're you're talking about something horrific. Well, maybe you need to take another look at it because while he was going through it and he didn't want to go through it, how many of you have ever gone through something you didn't want to go through, but you made it through, right? So while Jesus is going through something he doesn't want to go through, at the end of it, when he's saying suspended on that cross, the Bible said he cried with a loud, everybody say loud, voice, it is finished. Does that sound like a man that's dying? A loud voice? Someone with a loud voice, does that sound like someone that's been whipped and defeated? They ripped his back like an open field. They had beat him until he was beyond recognition. But at the end of the day, God was still with him. At the end of the day, he was able to look up and say, it is finished. Devil, you haven't won. You haven't defeated me. It is finished. And for us, it's just begun. Come on and give him a hand clap of praise today. So if you're in this house today and you say, Pastor, I want to live that happy life. I, I want to be the Asher man. Happy is a man. 
you can be that. The only way to be that is through him. So this is what I want you to do. If you're here today and you say, I, I want to walk in that happiness. I want to walk in that anointing. I want to walk in that security. I want you simply to raise your hands with me right now and begin to pray, God, here I am. Fill me up. Fill me up with your presence. Empty me out of everything that's not like you. Empty my mind of thoughts that are contrary to your word. Empty my heart of feelings that are contrary to your will. Empty me of anything that would get in the way of our relationship together. And I'm asking you to fill me up right now. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your power. And I understand that both your spirit and power come by you filling me with your word. In Jesus' name, I give you praise right now. Come on and give my hand clap of praise in this house. You walk out of here today. You walk out of here with a smile on your face, and if anybody asks you what you're smiling about, tell them, I'm an Asher man. <laughs> I'm a happy man. I, I'm a blessed man in Jesus. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next time.